Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Because your perfume is smelling sweet. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, the border bill that is now dead. And boy, is there a lot of finger pointing because so many new details are coming out. And you could see it's like, wait, we tried to get this border bill passed. Well, uh, if you look at what's in the border bill, and that's the one that they were trying to lump in also with Ukraine funding And also Israel funding, funding for Taiwan and other things. There are a lot of noble causes in there, but they should be separate. They should be handled separately. And if you look at what was in that border bill, it was allowing for up to 5,000 illegal migrants a day to come into this country. And that is a very, very big issue at this point to say, oh, yeah, we're just going to allow that amount to come in. And in fact, they are saying since October, we've seen almost a million migrants come into the country under President Biden. One million. That is a stunning number in such a short period of time. But that is par for the course when you're dealing with this president. And in fact, just to give you an idea of how many are crossing the border In the last 24 hours or so, they are saying that 6,800 migrant encounters have taken place. 6,800 have taken place in just a 24-hour span. So that's a lot of migrants to cross. And this new bill that they were saying is a panacea uh, that the Democrats and some Republicans in the Senate were saying actually makes it about 5,000. It could be a potentially up to 8,500 in one day, but it would have to even out to be about the same amount a week. And again, if you look at the numbers, that comes out to 1.8 million. Also, we got some numbers on how many Chinese migrants have crossed since October 1st. That's a whole other story. If you look at these Chinese migrant numbers, this is stunning because there was a 60-minute report that there's a hole in the fence in different parts, and they go through this app, and it says, okay, here's where the hole is today. Uh, this is where you can go through. They charge them about $35,000. They're well-dressed. They have rolling luggage, and they're coming across the border claiming that they're destitute, but they're well-dressed. They're mostly military-age men. You know where I'm going. This does not look good for our country. And they were just saying today, the CBP just put out that since October 1st, about 17,000 of these Chinese migrants have crossed our border. Why so many Chinese? What are they doing? 
And what are they thinking? What exactly is going on in their minds that they somehow think that this is acceptable? And what are they planning against America? You got to wonder. It's serious stuff. Uh, And there's a lot of groups like that that are coming through over and over again. And yet the Biden administration doesn't pay any attention to that. They don't talk about fentanyl. They don't talk about the fact that 110,000 Americans are dying a year from fentanyl. They're not talking about the 85,000 kids that are suddenly missing that you know are like probably sold into sex slavery or who knows what else. Uh, But human trafficking for sure, 85,000 missing kids. You know if it was Trump and it was eight kids, you would never hear the end of it. Over and over again, they'd be putting up the pictures going, these eight kids, and yet they're allowing for 85,000 kids to be missing at this moment. Plus, that was about a year ago. We haven't heard anything. They haven't expressed any concern about it. This so-called administration that says they care about kids. And so Senator John Kennedy, who I love, uh, the wordsmith, the straight-talking guy from Louisiana, this is what he had to say about that border bill because he says this is great news that it died on the vine. The border bill has been dead. It's been, it's been as dead as Woodrow Wilson. Um, I, and now it's official. We just finished voting. There will be some who will want to continue to talk about this bill. It's their right, but I think they'll just be grooming a corpse. How we got here is no mystery. Some of my Democratic colleagues say Republicans welched on a deal. There was no deal to welch on. As part of the supplemental bill, we, uh, we asked to have some border provisions uh, uh, explored that might slow President Biden's open border down. Leader McConnell appointed James Lankford to do that. He did the best he could negotiating uh, with people who support an open border. He brought the product back to us in the Republican conference in the Senate. And we said, James, we appreciate your hard work, Mm -hmm. but this is not sufficient. And that's what happened. I love that the bill is as dead as Woodrow Wilson. Uh, That's a great line. He always has the best zingers, Senator Kennedy. And Senator Rick Scott of Florida says this wasn't a bill about protecting the border. It was a bill about getting more into the country and sort of figuring out how to do that. Go ahead. I mean, this is not a secure the border bill. This is an immigration bill. We asked for a secure the border bill. We said Hmm. we're not going to go work to secure Ukraine's border if we don't actually secure our border. We got drugs, terrorists, traffickers, everybody coming across our border. It's wide open. We actually don't even need a bill if Biden would do his job. So this bill is an immigration bill. We need to secure our border. Yeah, we need to secure our border. If you look at what was in that bill, what it essentially said was, guess what? Uh, That it is processing people more. It was also talking about work permits. Are you kidding me? Work permits. So how is that saying, oh, we don't want more people into the country? That's giving them more perks. That's like New York and their latest deal where they're talking about the $53 million credit cards, debit cards that they're giving to migrants that 
40% is what essentially the lowest income New Yorkers are getting through, you know, food stamps, the food stamps, the SNAP program. It's worth 40% of what they are giving to illegal migrants. Where are our priorities, America? Where are our priorities, liberal leaders? That, to me, is downright shameful. And if you look at the bill, this bill was incentivizing more illegal immigration and shame on any of these Republicans in the Senate who actually had a straight face when they were pitching it. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe and Jericho. Line two. Joe, your thoughts real quick. Real quick, Rita, my love, the next time I call you and I'm going to be admitted into the VA hospital because a alleged apartment basement bunker, cellar cesspool with low or no heat is not ideal to recuperate from a virus that I was diagnosed with last week. And if my beautiful dog was here, he would not be getting better. He would be he would be dying. So the bottom line is the bottom line is uh, after all of us said and done, let us not forget the power of prayer. And let's keep Pete Staten Island, who I've known for 40 years in our prayers. And let's pray for the five Marines who are missing when their helicopter crashed between LV and LA. They located the shell but the, of the helicopter. Let's pray to Christ that we can, they can find them intact and savable. And another thing is what keeps me going is my faith in Christ, my faith in my abilities, my talking to you and Cousin Brucey, and Joe Piscopo and Rudy and Blue Dobbs. And the bottom line is, is that after all is said and done, let's pray for the American veterans and other people out in the elements tonight. It's going to be 13 degrees. And then again, my federal VA phone, which is low grade and refurbished, popped up. They're going to cut my service in the middle of the month. They didn't give me any option of renewing. I called the social workers at the VA. They don't call back. Oh, my God. Joe, you know, when I hear all of this, Joe, it is so heartbreaking to hear because, boy, uh, do our veterans deserve better. And, Joe, you just mentioned that you're going into the VA hospital for some virus next week. I want you to know we are going to be praying for you, our friend, you know, my friend, and just make sure that you feel better. You stay strong because you have such a great, strong spirit. And I know how much you love this country and I know how much you love the military and your service, too. So we're going to be thinking of you, Joe, and you got to keep us posted how you're doing because we certainly wish the best for you, and we hope it's a very short stay that you're there at the VA hospital. And, and also, Joe, thank you for also reminding us about the helicopter crash. I was going to talk about it later, but since you brought it up, it is top of mind to me as well that in California – These five Marines, they found the helicopter, as you mentioned, in the rugged terrain. They've had some bad weather out there in California, so that may have played a role in this crash. But a crash with five Marines who are still missing, and as of the last little bit, they are still looking for the Marines at this time. They found the chopper a couple hours ago, and let's just pray that those Marines are safe and sound, that maybe they, you know, exited somehow and are okay and on the ground somewhere. Let's just keep them in our prayers tonight, Joe. Thank you very, very much, Joe. And I hope that you feel better too, my friend, most importantly too as well. Thanks, Joe, very, very much. Uh, Let's go to Norm in Brooklyn. Norm, your thoughts about all this stuff with President Biden. What a mess in the border. Big mess. First of all, uh, 
I, I wish Joe uh, all the best and uh, get well, Joe. Absolutely. So Absolutely. All right. So it's clear to me Biden's falling apart. <laughs> when he says that Trump, uh, who last I checked, is not in office, ca- causes all our ills. So, you know, um, I, I, and I, don't, I don't see how the media can defend him on that. So I think most Americans will see through all this BS. And, uh, and also, by, the, by the way, you know, it's interesting. It's like the, he it, it is astounding. I mean, I, I played that comment about the securing mm-hmm. the border norm because it truly is an astounding comment uh, to me. It, it's it's a remarkable mm-hmm. comment. And I want to play it again just because to me, sure. it's just shocking. Stay with us if you could. Uh, you this it. is this is nine a. Um, and this is why he blames the border is not secure. Uh, it's And he says it with a straight face. Listen to this, Norm. I'll be yes. taking this issue to the country. And the voters are going to know that it's not just a moment. Just at the moment, we're going to secure the border and fund these other programs. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no. Because they're afraid of Donald Trump. <laughs> afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. The only reason the border is not secure is Mm -hmm. Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. Mm -hmm. That's an astounding lie, Norm. Yeah, well, his look, the people who voted for Biden, they want to hear that. So that's what he's given them. I mean, you know, I I, uh, uh, I'm sure half of my clients believe that. You know, on the Upper West Side, I'm sure I'm sure most of them believe that they think everything is Trump. You know, them, you know, Stan, they, they, these people, they think everything is Trump. Trump, Trump is the epicenter of evil in the world and everything stems from that. So that's uh, it's sad. It is. And, and guess it. what, Norm? It's like, if it, yeah, if it's raining outside, uh, it's Trump. If uh, I uh, ran out of gas, it's Trump. I mean, it, it's like it, for him to actually say that the reason the border is not secure is because of Trump. That is so darn right pathetic. But Republicans also need to be crystal clear and say that is an outright lie and remind everybody what this president has done to get us into a position where there are 10 million illegals in our country uh, under his watch so far. And that, that is a really, really sad situation. And, and he can't avoid those facts Let's go to let's go to Stan uh, from Brooklyn on line one. Stanley, your thoughts. How you doing, Rita? Good. Um, what what do you make one, of all this? We all knew this that this was that this was Biden's plan from day one when he put this bill forward that he's just going to use it to blame it on Trump because he knew the Republicans would have passed such a dirty bill. He knew that. He just did it just to blame it on Trump. I agree. By the way, Stanley, I one hundred percent agree. It was sort of like teeing it up, and you knew he was going to, oh, look, they don't want to pay for it. They don't want to pay for Israel. They don't want to pay for Ukraine. They don't want to pay for border, which is why the Republicans really got to focus and say, here are the facts. We're willing to do all these votes, do them independent. And that's why he put them together, because he wanted to be able to say, oh, look, they don't want to do this. Um, we'll throw a little bit of this. And and if you look at the funding for that bill, too, Stanley, the lion's share was all for Ukraine. And you guys know I'm half Polish. I'm a big believer and we have to support Ukraine and freedom and thwart Russia. 
But that's a whole other discussion. That shouldn't be lumped in with our southern border, and it shouldn't be lumped in with Israel. These should be different standalone bills, stand on their own merit. And boy, is there something wrong if you're giving that amount there and you're giving a drop in the bucket to our southern border, and it's basically for processing more of them, too. Shame on this president. 1-800-848-9222. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Dirty politics and, yeah, kind of mean with the mudslinging. That's coming from the guy who claimed he was the unifier and chief. And, boy, is he far from that. 1-800-858-489222. And President Biden was in New York tonight. He had a series of fundraisers. It's interesting because a number of Democratic candidates and others Somehow we're not available to be there. There were people who did attend. We're told that Governor Kathy Hochul attended one of the fundraisers. But there were a number of people who did not attend because they want to stay as far away from him as possible. And, of course, his policies. Do you blame them? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mimi in Queens. Mimi, your thoughts. Hi. Um I just got so mad that he thinks we're so uh, unintelligent. Um, Trump, I have another thing. Don't uh, cut me off. Um, uh, Trump is going to come to the South Bank. Maybe you're you're, uh, muzz- you're muffled. You're muffled. Well, uh, hold on, hold on, please. All right, maybe maybe you got to call us back when you got it together because we don't have time to figure this out. But we do appreciate the call. Mimi, come on, people. Don't have muffled calls. Talk clearly, be concise, and don't muffle the calls and get to the point. 1-800-848-9222. Mimi's still trying to figure it out, and so are we after that call. Anyway, stay with us, everybody, a lot more after the break. Cosby is on. And we will continue talking also about the border, by the way, tomorrow, also the U.S. Supreme Court is going to hear that case on whether or not President Trump is eligible to stay on the ballot in Colorado, but certainly will have 
a rippling effect across the country. We'll definitely talk about that tomorrow night because the Supreme Court will hear oral arguments on both sides of that fight. They are not expected to make a decision tomorrow. But remember, Colorado is part of the old Super Tuesday group, and that is in March. That's March 5th. So that has to mean you would think they would probably want to decide before March 5th. They don't have to, but you would think they would want to. So voters at least have a clear sense of who is on the ballot and who is not eligible to be on the ballot based on what the Supreme Court says. This is the whole Colorado case. So that is a fascinating case. And we'll definitely be talking about that tomorrow. Meantime, there's another case that is making so many headlines, and I can't wait to get your thoughts on this. We covered this case when it broke, and this is the case of Ethan Crumbly. Uh, He is a Michigan student, 15 years old, and on November 30th, 2021, he brought a gun to the high school, again, 15 years old, killed four of his schoolmates, wounded seven others. And part of one of, you know, the the trend, sadly, of these mass shootings and a young person who clearly had a history of mental illness. There were so many issues here and the writing was on the wall and they threw the book at the parents. The mother was on trial for involuntary manslaughter and the jury came back and found her guilty of all four counts. Here is the jury reading the verdict against the mom in that case. One of involuntary manslaughter as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count two of involuntary manslaughter in regards to Tate Muir, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count three as to involuntary manslaughter regarding Hannah Hannah St. Juliana, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. And in count four of involuntary manslaughter against Justin Schilling, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. They threw the book at this mother. Now, the sentencing scheduled in April, she faces up to 60 years in prison with 15 years for each count. And it's really a groundbreaking case. It's the first time in the United States of a parent going on trial in connection with a mass school shooting carried out by the child. So the mother being held responsible, in addition to obviously the child, the father also has his trial coming up. And if you listen to the evidence against this mother, to me, if there was ever a case to put a parent on trial, this to me was the one. And I'm so glad that prosecutors went after her. It came out during the trial that she was like seeing somebody else and was distracted, wasn't focused on her kid. That's obviously not great parenting, but it gets a lot worse. Uh, It says here that eight months before the shooting, Crumbly's son texted that he was seeing demons uh, and clothes flying from the shelves. He asked his mother to respond to him. And she just took it as like, oh, he's just trying to be funny. I'm sorry if your kid says he's seeing demons and these visions of these scary images and kooky things saying he's got mental issues, he's got problems. She just thought he was kidding. That That's a joke. I'm sorry. That's not funny. Then the day before the shooting, she receives a voicemail from the school 
alerting her that her son had been looking up information online about ammunition in class. And she didn't call the school back. She texted her son and said that he had to learn, quote, not to get caught. That, to me, is the most damning thing of all. You have a school saying, your kid is seeing demons. He is now talking about he's perusing for ammunition. He's doing diagrams of guns. They're calling her and saying, hey, wait a minute, this is huge stuff. And guess what? She messages him and says, just don't get caught. Shame on that mother. I am so glad they threw the book at her. This, to me, is just despicable. Then the morning of the shooting, after they were summoned to go to school to discuss the images that the son drew on a math quiz, which was a black gun that looked like the gun that they, the parents, had bought him. Yes, the parents bought him a gun. Also, he drew images of a bullet and a bleeding gunshot-riddled figure and phrases like, the thoughts won't stop, help me, the world is dead. They go to the meeting. It turns out he had the gun in the backpack. They don't take the kid home after this huge, enormous kumbaya meeting with the school. And instead, they say, well, we have to go to work. And they go to work. The kid goes to class. And then he opens fire. Turns out again that that gun was in his backpack the entire meeting. It was just a blaring sign of problems. You have a totally disturbed son with issues, and she messages him, just don't get caught. Shame on this mother. And then she was put on the stand, and she said she wouldn't do anything different. That, you know, she tried to do the best she could. Woe is me. That is not what a parent does. Is there anybody out there that thinks that this verdict was over the top? She could now face, by the way, as I mentioned, for each count, it's four counts, 15 years, could be 60 years behind bars. And I think they need to lock her up, throw away the key to send a message to parents that you have to be responsible for your child. You can't just walk away and say, uh, oh, it's not my problem. And in this case, even saying, don't get caught. They bought him a gun. What is wrong with these parents that are buying kids guns that are mentally disturbed? I think about the case, remember, in Connecticut, the Newtown case. The kid had so many issues. He had so many mental problems. And the mother was taking him to the gun range to kind of calm him down. Are you kidding me? You have a mentally disturbed son who was threatening, had like visions of like killing people all over his wall. And guess what he did? He found the gun, he killed her, then he went to the school, and, you know, he killed so many of those young kids in Newtown. Parents, you have to be responsible. And obviously, that was horrific, what he did to his mother. It was absolutely horrific. But she should not be taking a disturbed child to the gun range. And in this case, the mother says, don't get caught. This is a despicable parent. This, to me, is not just a parent who is too busy to spend time helping your child who clearly needed help. This is a mother who was calculating and didn't care about the son. Just don't get caught. You give a kid a gun who's 15 with mental illness and then say don't get caught when the school's complaining? This, to me, is shameful, and I am glad that they sent a message to parents everywhere that you better wake up and you better be responsible. 
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Casey in Detroit. Casey, you're there in Michigan. Your thoughts about this case? Hey, Rita, I'm glad that you brought up the Connecticut case because I happened to be living in Stanford, Connecticut at the time of that Newtown shooting. And the kid killed the mother before he went to the school. In this case that I've been living out here in Detroit, that, yeah, those people, and the, and the father's going to go on trial, he's going to be found guilty too. It's about time that these parents started being held responsible for their kids. You've got to start parenting. And that's one of the problems with gangs and everything, that nobody's being held responsible for what the kids are doing. But no, it comes down to parenting. Yeah, and and bad parenting in this case. I mean, that's what's so shocking, Casey, that she actually, I think what really did her in was sending that text message the day that they're alerting her that he's looking for ammunition and all this stuff online. And then she texts him, don't get caught. And then oh, even after oh, the meeting, was, can you imagine? Damn, I mean, that see was, ya. Uh, that was a damning thing here. It's been all over. I'm surprised it's got as much national news as it has because I listen to, um, you know, you and 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 uh, everybody on NBC, and um, you know, and but I can't believe how much national news it's got. But it comes down to the parents have to be responsible. I don't care if it's a mass shooting or it's a gangland shooting right here in Detroit. You know, you can't have your kids going out with handguns and killing each other. Yeah, and and in this case, they actually bought the gun. That's what's so amazing. Casey, great points, um, because you're right. Parents need to act like parents and be grown up and do the appropriate thing. And in this case, uh, boy... It, it seems like it's an accident waiting to happen. You hear the kid. I mean, what more that the school saw him drawing diagrams and talking about ammunition and drawing the gun that the parents bought him. I mean, he's not of age to be having a gun. They bought him the gun. They gave him the gun. They know he's mentally disturbed. This was totally uh, reckless. And it was clear. I agree. Uh, and it's it's the involuntary manslaughter was the charge. It was four counts of involuntary manslaughter. The jury threw the book at her. It took 11 hours of jury deliberations. So clearly they went methodically. That wasn't a quickie, but they clearly thought it through. And if I were on that jury, I absolutely would find her guilty because it is despicable. Absolutely despicable. Let's go to Robert in Suffolk. Robert, your thoughts about this? Rita, that's school. Seeing these things had a duty to intervene with this kid, and they would have found the gun. Having him taken away from mental observation, they had every right to do it, and they failed. They did nothing. So wait a minute. Now let me ask you. Hang on, Robert. Are you blaming the school? Are you blaming the parents? Are you blaming both? Bad parenting, they should never have bought the gun for the kid. You don't buy a pistol for somebody who's uh, who's underage. And mentally right? disturbed and seeing demons and seeing, I mean, give me a break. I agree with you. I agree on that. 
However, the school could have prevented the shooting. They saw all this stuff before he went and did it. Right. But you know what? Also, Robert, they're assuming when you tell parents what happened, that parents will do something. You know, they probably have a number of people who do these drawings or do these things. They didn't know he had a gun. That was the other thing. The school, the parents failed to mention that. You know, they failed to mention that he had a gun and that they bought it. And they had probable cause. Yeah. By the way, I agreed. And also the kid comes with a backpack. It would have been interesting to say, hey, let's take a look right now what you got in there. Can you imagine if they had found the gun in the backpack at that moment? You're right. But the issue is they see these drawings. They're assuming the parents are going to be responsible. I agree with you. The school absolutely could have done more. But they're also assuming the parents are responsible parents. And boy, uh, these parents were worst parents of the year and then some. And how sad that people lost their lives because of their despicable behavior. But you're right. Uh, I do agree with you. I think the school should have done more or could have done more. But they're also assuming when they give that information, a normal parent would act on it. And they probably never imagined that the parents would buy somebody like this a gun. I mean, the parents were absolutely complicit, 100%. Robert, thank you. Great points, Robert. Uh, everybody, we're going to continue your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And now to our great support, our Heroes segment. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a powerful story coming from Jefferson County, Nebraska. Richard H. Krause was recognized and honored in Jefferson County's Veteran of the Month program, and it happened this week by the county commissioner. It turns out that while he was a senior in high school, the veteran joined the Fairbury National Guard at the age of 18. Now, he says while he was serving as a private, he remembers honing his skills firing marksman, sharpshooter, and expert with the M1 rifle and 45 caliber pistol. He fired expert with the 81-millimeter mortar, and he was trained as a heavy weapons infantryman, which he suspects likely accounts for his poor hearing today in his senior years. But the veteran says he would do all of this all over again. He loves America, he says, and all it stands for. And veteran Krauss was born in 1939, and this program has been going on for many years, honoring different veterans from all walks of life. So bravo to this group. Obviously, they're the county commissioners in Jefferson County, Nebraska, honoring our great veterans from many, many different generations. And everybody, be sure to support America's military and our first responder heroes. All you have to do is donate $11 a month to the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They do so much, and America's heroes need your help. Check it out. Be sure to go to T2T.org, T2T.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
the Rita Cosby Show. And it is a historic case, the first time in the United States that a parent went on trial in connection with a mass shooting carried out by their child. And the jury said, throw the book at this mother, who I think probably gets worst mom of the year in many regards. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline. Line three. Jacqueline, your thoughts about all of this on line three, Jacqueline. Rita, it's about time. That's all I can say. Finally, the blame is being assigned where it belongs with the crazy, psycho, irresponsible parent instead of with the innocent firearm that doesn't hurt anyone until there's a lunatic holding on to it. Uh, I can't wait for the civil trial, although these people probably don't have two pennies to rub together. They need to not only go to jail for every individual that was murdered and hurt, at the maximum time, they also need to be cleaned out of all of their assets to reimburse those families for their pain and suffering during the civil trial. You know, I, I agree with you. And when you hear also the background, the mother got on the stand, Jacqueline, and she said you wouldn't have done anything different, that, you know, she just tried the best she could and thought it was like funny comments the son was making because they saw the writing. It was clear as day. I mean, this to me, I agree with you. They finally, I feel like, got it right where the focus needs to be. And this is a wake-up call, I think, to parents everywhere. And I think it's an important wake-up call that, you know, when you see blaring signs, you need to take action. If there's somebody in your family or somebody that you know of that's making these horrible, vile threats, uh, and then you bring them the gun, you tee it up. Uh, you do need to be held responsible. And I think this is a wake-up call for parents everywhere. And you're right. I think the jury got this right. And shame on this mother, Jacqueline. I mean, part of being a mother is being responsible and looking out for your child's best interest. And this mother apparently was cheating on the husband, was too busy, telling the son, just don't get caught. Here's a 15-year-old disturbed kid, and you buy him a gun And she doesn't even bring it up to the school. Also, when they have the school meeting, that somehow gets left out of the equation. So the school thinks, oh, he's just doing these random drawings. He's doing drawings of the gun that they bought him, Jacqueline. That is shameful. Your thoughts? Well, it's uh, not nice to say, but now we know where he got his mental illness from because she sounds like a real psychopath. I mean, she's definitely not normal in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I'm just hoping that this will finally put an end to this. She also failed her child. I mean, that's that's child abuse also. Instead of having her child's best interests at heart, maybe her child would be alive today if if she would have been a responsible parent. So there's, there's so much wrong with this whole situation. But uh, hopefully this will start to put an end to some of these mass shootings. I hope it does. Yeah, I do, too. I hope it's a wake-up call for everybody everywhere. Jacqueline, thank you. Let's go to Joaquin real quick on line five. Joaquin. Uh, Rita, you know, I'm really sorry. There's a part of me that wants to play devil's advocate on this. I mean, any boy, you know, growing up, we used to draw pictures of all kinds of things. And the thing of it is, is that it's kind of tough when it's your own child, you know, to decide that. But the fact that she brought him the gun, yes, she was definitely wrong on that, should be responsible for and it. Also, and also said, just don't get caught. I mean, that is damning.